0: Hi, good morning, you know it's funny we just come through Halloween and David Letterman said years ago that Halloween is the beginning of the holiday shopping season, I mean that's for women, beginning of the holiday shopping season for men is Christmas Eve, (laughs) guilty as charged, well today we're going to talk about not holidays, not shopping for a little bit, but certainly we'll talk about the inflation that is still with us, interest rate outlook and the varied and various taxes uh, that we got questions on, uh, certainly in British Columbia. And then finally, we deal with uh, 14 uh, different questions going from EVs to solar panels to the where should I be buying real estate? Well, first of all, um, when we take a quick look at, at the markets uh, around the world, um, first of all, we should just mention, we talked about the underused housing tax Well, this UHT was supposed to be filed by October 31st. The government extended it to April 30th next year. That means that if you wait till filing it at April 29th next year, you will not be charged a penalty or any interest charges. Now, but you have to file for 2022 and 2023. Why did they do it? Well, obviously, there were so many problems, not that well thought out. And people just didn't know what to do so they extended it for the second time so that much for the uht the str the short-term rental question we did a video with carl green and uh, it was one of our more successful videos we had some 2200 views in the in the first day it was very very much at the heart of many british Columbians, both for and against you know certainly there was a lot of people yelling yeah that will lower house prices and others are saying this is total nonsense, it'll affect the movie industry, it affect the health workers, it affect, and so on and so on. You've seen enough on the short-term rentals, and I have had enough questions on it. Just go Google it, it's now law. The, the parliament, and the Parliament, the British Columbia government voted it in, the opposition thought, wanted to change the 90 days to 30 days and whatnot. None has changed, it's been in as proclaimed. But for most of you that are in the business, it will not be law by until about April, and it may take three to five months to get the enforcements because there's hefty penalties on it. So there's a little leeway, but talk to a lawyer, talk to your organization. Go to, if you're against it, go to Facebook and join some of the groups that have been formed. The legal counsel has been hired, and uh, but that's all I'm gonna say on short-term rates. If you wanna have the details, look at the video. at at my YouTube channel. And then now, of course, in the meantime, the government also, and here's the three questions on it, the government put out a new legislation uh, at the end of October, and that is sort of overriding all municipalities. It's funny, the government says, I'm the boss, and municipalities have to obey, and many municipalities don't realize that. The government says, regardless of what your municipal bylaws are, regardless what, what you have planned to do or not, it is now any, any municipality in British Columbia over 5,000 people, and uh, has to, uh, and in the lot is zoned single family, they can put four houses on the lot or four properties, and or even six if it's close to transport and has the right kind of sizing. In fact, the B.C. also the government ordered the city of Vancouver to add 29,000 houses over the next five years. That's an edict. You thou must do it. It announced also housing targets for ten cities. Kind of interesting. This is what you must do, and we'll watch you. We'll we'll give you what that is. Created 47 city list in British Columbia that targeted sort of the housing supply act, and they also created some sort of digital building permit now. You can argue till you blue on the face. I mean, I think the quintessential Canadian la- neighborhoods—you know, nice cul-de-sacs. Night, you now will be having right next to your sixplex, right across the street from you. Let's say in a cul de sac every second house would be a fourplex. So A lot of things could be said about it, and I'm writing about it in the OzBuzz. But one thing that is actually not so bad, and that is that the existing zoning—if the official community plan for instance, is for high-rise zoning, then the government says that the that the legislation will eliminate public hearings for site by side rezoning and spot zoning. That certainly speeds up the process, but I tell you, that'll be a hot potato for a lot of neighborhoods that, uh, that don't want the high-rise there, that wanna have some participation. This will overrule that. You don't need to do it anymore. So once the developer, is in an area that has the official community plan for a 30-story building, he can do it. It's now just a regular building permits and whatever else he has to do, but he doesn't have to go through public hearing. Very, very interesting that. So like with all new legislation, the devil is in the details and we'll will update you if we feel that we have to. Now, some of the questions that came up uh, as usual, the US dollar is the biggest question I get uh, probably three or four times uh, every single time for years. I still believe that the, the US dollar will be the, and is the reserve currency of the world. I know uh, there's a question here, what about the new Indian currency? Well, I don't think there's a new Indian currency, but there was, as I heard about in the Osbas, a group of companies that are trying to, and they're still trying to to create a currency that they all work with. But the interesting thing is, that while India buys Russian oil, Russia will not accept anything but rubles and India will not pay in anything than rupees. So in the end, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna use dollars. I think the US dollar will stay strong, if not even go stronger because you're now getting good interest on the treasury bills and so on. So uh, that's what that is. Next question, do you own an EV? No, I don't own an electric vehicle. I've written about it at length. I have a ski house in, in Kimberley, and um, to drive a thousand kilometers uh, in, in an EV is the scariest thing that I can think about. I also think the prices on the units are fairly outrageous, and if there weren't for the government subsidies, uh, the industry would probably collapse. So. You know, there's the old story that you know the settlers came into the, the wilderness and uh, you know talked to the Indians and everything was happy. But no, the settlers were the ones that got killed. You know, the, the uh, or rather the the pioneer story. The pioneers got killed. I wait. I want to be a settler once the treaty has been signed. You know, and so with EVs, before I buy an EV, the stories, the horror stories we hear about them not working or that that the 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 plug that I have is not working. A lot of the cars sold now don't have the Tesla Club, even though some of the bar car makers have made deals with them. And I hear that the production at Honda, production at Ford, Ford stopped $12 billion worth of EV um, registrations. And in Germany, everywhere are saying, hey, our car lots are full of EV cars. And as government subsidies come off, that gets even worse. The other question that is similar, and that is on solar panels. Now, I'm no expert on solar pal- panels, but it's kind of interesting that this last, uh, just in the last three weeks, two major solar panel companies went down in value by some 20%. And so, you know, what what had been planned uh, on the solar panels only worked with subsidies, but the, the worst thing that's happening on the on the solar side, if I find it here, is that a lot of them need repairs much sooner some of them never worked you know their whole just just don't listen to me go on google it go solar panel problems and you'll be amazed how many problems all throughout the united states some of the biggest companies go down a big danish company now also shut down a wind um, generated power and again more and more we realized that all this electrification that we had planned depended on government subsidies. and as they are run out, um, there is no profit to be made. so these companies shut down. Now the, the Dutch company and a strange name, Ostrot or something. Uh, and it just happened at, at the, also last week, this Dutch company said we can't continue. you know it's it's impossible, nothing works and the New Jersey government is gonna sue them and whatnot, and we're gonna see more of that because we're all for it, but it only works with subsidies, so it's not something for me. The next question was, can you do a chat GTP and Pictory video? Well, I think on on both of those areas, I think Pictory is the easiest way to make a video. If, for instance, my talk now, I wanted to add all sorts of houses and charts and graphs, I just put this video into ChatGTP and it will show me little pictures and I could create a professional looking video. Um, and I have done so. If you go to Jurok video, take a look at my uh, my Ozbas videos. You look, hey, why that Ozzy, he must know something. Well, he knows pictory, right? Pictory.ai. Yeah, on Chat GTP, there is so much information out there. I would just look at Chat GTP. Understand it in this way: You put in a letter that you want to send to your clients. You give you a copy. Don't leave it there. The next question: Ask it. Make it more human. Make it more friendly. Make it more businesslike, and you'd be amazed. I did five versions of the same letter, and you look at it all, and it looks like it's totally rewritten. And it takes seconds, you know. So I would ever use ChatGTP, and I think that more and more of us will use it for, for writing letters, for writing marketing plans, and so on. Uh, but I'm not going to do a video on it. Um, there's a rumor of a big developer going under. What do you know? I know nothing. What is it? I know nothing. I don't I know nothing. Um, there is, uh, where in the, which are the best places in the world to buy real estate in 2024? Well, if you say the world, I don't like to go anywhere than Canada and the United States, primarily because we understand the laws, we understand the banking system. And while you might have to understand the laws in Panama or Mexico, the banking system uh, maybe doesn't work for you. It's always who you know, not what you know. And the horror stories abound all around the world. So I like to stay in Canada, and in in, the United States. However, we have some real problems in the United States with an 8% 30-year mortgage now. I mean, first of all, would you sign an 8% 30-year mortgage? As this bites, as more and more homes... Get uh, uh, you know get to have to buy use that eight percent rate. The market is going to stop uh, doing well uh, in in a fairly dramatic fashion, uh, and uh, and that is not going to to, uh, to to bode well for the for the future uh, in the in the market in in the United States and in Canada as well. Now the reason why. Um, um, that is, is that we are seeing more layups ahead. We are seeing a recession definitely in the first quarter. I know there's so many people, yes, recession, no recessions. The point is that we are seeing more and more layoffs of more and more corporations. If you just look at the fine point, yes, the, the top lines are still looking uh, pretty good, good jobs, both Canada and United States. But RBC, uh, Desjardins actually did a, a summary of to which uh, Provinces would do well next year, and Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Newfoundland were the three provinces that they say will survive any kind of a storm. And I would agree with that, particularly Alberta and Calgary and Edmonton, the major cities. But BC and Ontario um, outlook, it says, is dim. The housing market is a big part of the economy. Households are much more indebted, making them the most vulnerable to the effect of, of interest rates and the economy. So they feel that um, <clears throat> those are the problems that should be in. Ozzy, when exactly are all the mortgages going to be renewed? Uh, now, that question came for some reason. I got four of those that wanted to know when, when do most people in British Columbia have to renew their mortgage? Now, RBC has come out and said that 60% of all outstanding mortgages come in due in the next three years, meaning 2024, 25, and 2026. 20, And RBC also says that they'll be facing a payment shock, which would complicit, uh, completely uh, change uh, the risk for Canadian banks, too. So according to RBC, and this is sort of an eyebrow eyebrow opener, easy for me to say, Uh, I'm just looking whether I'm recording. (laughs) I've done this before, I made a great show and then didn't push the button. Okay. according to RBC analysis, more than 186 billion in mortgages are set to renew next year. Wow. <clears throat> now, at today's interest rates, the weighted average payment shock would be 32%. Yeah. Now, that's huge. That means that if I pay 1,000, now I pay 1,300 or something like that, the 32% increase in price. That's dramatic. Now, there's a $320, $315 billion mortgages coming to by 2025. And so the variable mortgage factors are also see significant shock, perhaps as high as 84% by 2026 if rates don't decline. So now why is that? Well, in 2020, we had a hot market and so five-year terms were on. So that's why it's 2025. By 2021, and it was you know, getting even hotter, uh, many people went in a three-year term, which is coming due next year. That's why the the the, the rates are so different and difficult to calculate as to when it happens. The re- reality is that all that you need a good quality mortgage broker, there's just no question about it. We have NBC, we got Carl Green, you saw him on the internet, you have Jared Dreyer from very cool, and in, in Alberta, you know, I have Keaton. That we've had videos with, uh, go for a professional because you can't fool around with the mortgages now. Every bank is different. Um, every bank has different rates and regulations, and they're scared. You know, they are of all these renewals. And you would be too if you were in charge of of such a bank. Right? You you would say, hey, you know, what is uh, what what are what are we supposed to do? Now, the thing on interest is that another question is, you keep saying that we can get 5.7% interest rates. I get that question all the time. I don't know do you read or listen to anything I say. I said, right now, I, I understand that at RBC, you can get as much as 6%. Somebody said they got 6.2%, depending on the terms. Is it three years, five years, three months, six months? and. And uh, again, we said this before, if you had a million dollars and you're not exactly sure when you do a third, a third, a third, do three months for for the higher rates, if that's what it is, in six months and, and a year, and uh, but check it around. You know, somebody said they only got 4.9%. Well, in today's market, uh, which is a crazy market, the rate of the... The VICS, uh, you know, can be, you know, well over five percent, and in many cases over six percent. Now remember, if you just had your TV repossessed, you're not going to get the best rate either as a mortgagee or as an as an investor. Now the the um, the big question is where interest rates going to go. Um, now we we have. Uh, big talking heads arguing if rates don't come down, we're gonna be all in terrible trouble. The United States is uh, having some three, there is 307 trillion in global debt. The, the debt, if you go to uh, debtclock.org, that's debtclock.org, and take a look at how much money the United States owes uh, of that 307 trillion, which by the we will never pay back, nor will the US pay back its debt. The only way to do it is through inflation, and that also answers the two questions I have on, on inflation. Again, the, the inflation question is confusing to people. The government says it's 3.8, uh, you know, but then I go shopping, everything is more, but then it's falling and up, drives you crazy. The thing is we're measuring different things, right? We used to have an inflation basket, and we put in oil, rents, house prices, we put all that in, uh, and now we don't. We take it out, so we take, we said, If you take out food and gas and oil and travel and all of that stuff, you take it out, then the rate is only 3.8%, you know. Give me a break, you know, it's crazy. And then the economists don't help you either. I mean, look, you know, the economists know a hundred ways to seduce a woman, but they don't know any women, right? As I keep saying, you know, this is really important in the game of love to know the women. So there's no real answers on interest rates. Benjamin Tall and many like him believe that as early as next April, but certainly by July, rates are going to come down. I think if they do come down, they won't come down by much. I believe that they would like to have the rates higher. We talked about it many times that over the last 50 years, 45 of those years, the rates were over 5%. It's only 2016, 17, 18, 19, for five years that the rates were below 5%. So it's quite likely that governments and central bankers around the world would the experiment of low rates and negative rates just didn't work. Not in Switzerland, not in Germany, nowhere around the world has it worked. You know, you have to have some sort of return or banks go bankrupt. So very, very important that we understand that. Now we say that the, the reason why the Federal Reserve didn't raise the rates is that the bond rate almost hit 5%, the 10-year rate. And then uh, that that fact allowed them not to have to raise the rates. Because if you raise the bond rates, <clears throat> excuse me, they're, they're in the United States a 10 year rate. Um, but you know, so it is later the rate is back down to 0.2. And again, you talk to all the talking heads, you know, eyes glaze over and you say, huh, you know, I can only tell you this. I believe that inflation is the only outcome other than a total collapse, which we will always muddle through. I don't believe that. but. I talked about it last month. Timing is of the issue. Right now is not the greatest time. So, all the people that think the markets are coming down because of short term rentals are going to be wrong. That's not the reason. If markets come down, then um, it'll be just the, the, the game, right? The timing aspect, the, un- the confusion. I mean, really, I, I'm a first time buyer. I don't really want to know what do I do? do I have three years, one year, five years? Talking hats don't help you. So you have to have a specialist to, to talk to you um, and, and make it uh, understandable. So the global metrics overall are slowing. Germany is slowing. All around the world, uh, the, the trailer container ship companies are slowing, uh, we are not delivering as many goods. We're slowing, we're gonna have a recession. So in terms of pricing and whether I should be buying right now, I I stay with what I have said uh, before. If you're an investor and you get a deal of a lifetime, and by that I mean you get an assignment where somebody walks away from, I've seen $110,000 in the last uh, two weeks. uh, Somebody walked away from that. Several people walk away from $30,000, $40,000, $50,000. And the thing is, if you do that, make sure that the building gets completed. You know, that's still, you know, we have problems. Now, at the same time, the sales offices are doing well. I was yesterday at a key marketing event for development that uh, is going to be on the West side and the place was packed with realtors and people that that had an interest in it. It's like talking to Pete Reisner. Uh, he says the sales centers are full of people wanting to buy, you know? you know, we're talking 300, 400 people. So the interest is there. If we take away the uncertainty and fear, inflation, deflation, interest rates, we may well have a good market, but for now it's still going to be uh, kind of a little difficult now the the one question that I normally don't answer this early is, is what did October do for your mind <laughs> I guess he's worried about my mind thank you very much my mind is just fine uh, I think most of the time but um, yes we did take a quick look at uh, and what we have is the sales this month uh, in October were around 560 and there were 560 last October so while we were up just a little bit in September, I think some 8%, this month we're even on single-family home, it's even. Now what that means is, though, the Vancouver Real Estate Board, which is a great real estate board in terms of statistics, I just go to their website and look it up, but they're um, they're saying that, yes, it's even with last year, but we're running 32% below the 10-year average. So. The thing is, no matter what you see, and, and it's very clearly, if you measure that 563 units sold on single family homes in Vancouver, in 2021, it was 1,066. You know? So that's almost double, right? And in October 2020, it was 1,268. So, you know, whenever you hear the market is up, no, no, sales are way down, way down. But remember 2022 was way down. If you had my newsletter every month, I told you we're down 30%, 40%. And I forecast that next year, which is now, we're looking good. Yeah, so we're looking good. So. New listings uh, for homes in Vancouver up 13%, condos new listings up 19% in the Fraser Valley, new listings up 20% for houses and 17% for condos. But sales in the Fraser Valley were actually higher. They were up 16% uh, higher rather than just even in Vancouver, single family and condos are up 13%. So what does it mean? Well, what it means is that we are putting in the Osbus newsletter always five years worth of numbers right back to 2019. With a very quick look, you can see: okay, active listings were 4,235 this month, let's say in Vancouver. It's about even with last year, but there were only 3,566 in 2021, okay. But in October 2019, they were higher than what they're now. So you get an idea of where you are at. And the market is not bad if you compare yourself to last year but not that good if you compare yourself to, to previous years and that's why we put in there what was the absolute high for instance in in surrey the absolute high in february 2022 was a million nine hundred twenty nine thousand now it's a million five hundred twenty thousand but for october uh for any october uh, months that five hundred and thirty eight thousand um, was 470 in 2021, 422 in and 72 in 2019. So the price, you know, on the condo in Surrey, you know, is better for any October. But the high for a condo price in Surrey was 609,000. So that's why we put the numbers together. Subscribe to OzBuzz.ca. It's free, but you won't see them in writing uh, until sometime uh, the week of November the. Six, I think. Um, so there's a whole bunch of questions. Will there be more austerity? Yes, I think there'll be more austerity. The debt load is is rising dramatically. Some of the credit card companies are reporting, you know, more losses on people not paying. The debt service costs. We have wars. We have disasters. We have 24 uh, percent of the United States uh, income. And taxes is going to be spent on interest, and that'll go you know higher if you listen to people like Gundlach. I think you pronounce his name like that. Uh, but but overall, uh, I am I am convinced as always, we will be muddling through. you know we, we always seem to think, oh, no, this is the end of the world. No, it isn't. We have been there before. We had Russian crisis, Asian crisis. We had all of these things happening to either and we uh, happening to us. But right now, I think cash is not trash. We talked last uh, last time about particularly when you're older, you want to see see uh, maybe some cash. Um, look, only currently I would be buying a deal of a lifetime. Make those stink bets. Get a realtor that that uh, that will write an offer, and you'll be surprised. Uh, we had one of you send me four deals um, that had been listed in June. One at million nine, then reduced to a million eight, reduced to a million five, and sold at a million four. And yet four examples like that in the in the in the area that he specializes in, where he says, you know, somebody made a stink bit, you know, and got it. In one particular area, it was down to a million four nine and then actually it's sold for a million too. So make those offers there, you know, from a buyer's point of view, it's it's maybe it's harder to look around, but once you pick your area that you like to live in as a homeowner um, and you still get the basement suite, uh, there's a suite with the short-term rental problems, should I still buy a house or rent a rental You need the short-term rental. And remember, it only applies to short-term rentals. If you have the basement suite, you can still rent it out long-term. The problem is if you want to rent a basement suite out short-term and then also have a laneway home, which was per- perfectly logical, cost you a fortune. The city wanted you to do it, but not. You can only either the short-term home or the suite you can have on a short-term rental basis, which really is expensive. <laughs> that depends on your point of view. And as always, your point of view matters. So. Write me your notes. Uh, And I don't mind the rising I get, particularly the one I got on short-term rentals. My god, some people get a life. We're talking about government institutions and different opinions in the greatest country in the whole world. And for those of you that think that I'm anti this or anti that, I am pro-democracy. I'm pro-Canada. There's no better place in the world. And now Winston Churchill says a democracy is the worst kind of government, but it's the best we have. And so we're allowed to say what we think and we're allowed to have opinions. And yes, you're allowed to make opinions on my website. Some of you, I won't won't kiss you on both cheeks, but I won't kick you either. Have a great week, bye-bye.